Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Anna. And today we've got the second battle of Geonosis for you. Season 2, Episode 5, and Season 2, Episode 6 of The Clone Wars. Believe in yourself or no one else will. So we start out with the landing at Point Rain. And this is a combat episode. There is much combat. There is a war on... <laughs> Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? So we begin on Geonosis, right? Yeah, we're going back to Geonosis. They're planning. So that is where, in the previous arc, where Poggle the Lesser's weapons factory had been built, or droid factory. Yeah. How fast can you 3D print a droid factory? Because it seems like they've made a lot of progress since Senate Spy. Yeah, well, it's hard to say how much time occurred in between them. But also, like, the Geonosians do it like underground so there's a lot of interesting lore surrounding the geonosians and, mm. and this is um sort of one of the things like they can build their cities almost completely underground and then like they weren't expecting the geonosians to be able to rebuild that fast but here they are and the factory is also ray shielded so they can't orbitally bombard it yeah and while it's not done it's almost done it's churning out droids at 50 percent capacity so it is a real threat yes and so the plan here is that Kiati Mundi, Kenobi, and Skywalker are going to attack it, and they're going to bring in three different waves of air assault vehicles and tanks. They're going to land at a staging spot right outside the ray shield. Then they're going to charge up, take out the, you know, jam some signals, drive in, take care of the problem. And hopefully they'll be able to drive the tanks in and start attacking stuff. Yeah. Gang up on the shield generator, punch it, mm -hmm. scoot through, capture Poggle. That's what they want to do. That's the plan, because if they capture Poggle, that's that's the game. And Palpatine even remarks, like, this seems like a big expense and dangerous. We're sending three generals there. What happens if something goes wrong? And Yoda's like, there's no kill like overkill. So... <laughs> Uh, everything goes wrong. Yeah, the Jedi launch their gunships and everything immediately gets spicy and bad. There's a very funny scene as they're suiting up and uh, Cody is like, what was it like in the first battle of Geonosis? And Kenobi is like, yeah, I guess you weren't there. Uh, I spent most of it chained to a pole being attacked by monsters. It was amazing. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I can't believe we're back here again. Last time I was here, I almost got eaten by a rancor. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So, so they, Keanu Mundi is new to me. Yeah, Keanu Mundi is a Syrian, C-E-R-E-A-N. And he is uh, has a mega mind. He's got two big brains and I don't like him. He's hashtag bad, bad vibes only to me. And I'll tell you why as we move on through the episodes. Okay. However, okay. So Kenobi and Cody load up, and then Anakin and Ahsoka load up, and then Kiati Mundi loads up. As he's leaving, Gen Admiral Ularen is like, Good luck, Kiati Mundi. And Kiati Mundi says, I don't believe in luck. He does the Plo Koon line. That's exactly what Plo Koon said in the Malevolence art. Okay. Literally, the next thing he says is, with any luck, we'll be able to meet up with Skywalker. Oh, no. This is why I don't like him. Okay. So, well, anyway, that's unfortunate. Everyone is shot down. Yes. And the whole group gets split into four separate groups. One of them is Ahsoka and Skywalker, and they are getting ready to uh, make their way and Ahsoka had pointed out this like crazy wall, fortress, fortress wall. wall, and Anakin's like, don't worry, we won't be anywhere near that, and they land right next to it. Ahsoka's like, oh my god, dad, I literally told you <laughs> there's a giant wall here, and Anakin's like, shut up, yeah. get ready to climb. Kiati Mundi gets shot down and pretty badly injured. Yeah. And so is Kenobi, he's injured as well. So Kenobi gets separated mm -hmm. from Cody and Cody circles his wagons literally. So there's a circle of tanks and gunships and they're fighting in it and they send And guess what? It's the Waxer and Boyle show. They have upgraded Geonosian desert armor they which look looks very cool. So cool. And they're like, "What's up?" And then how come we get all the dangerous missions? Oh my god, I was gripping my chair in fear that something bad was going to happen to my babies. So they run over to where Kenobi got shot down and he's like, it's just me and Trapper. Everyone else is dead. Mm -hmm. And he is badly injured. Yeah. He is he conscious. A lie down yeah. and a Gatorade. So he sits there in the center of this circle having his Gatorade and like they're getting beat up and surrounded. Meanwhile, Kiani is trying to get to the landing zone to rendezvous with mm -hmm. that crew. But 
they're ambushed by Geonosians. So they take a shortcut through a cave, mm-hmm. and Geonosians start coming from every which direction. Oh, it's freaky. Now, the Geonosians are shooting these blorb cannons. Yeah, what are those? They are the most painful disintegrators imaginable. They flens the flesh from the bones. They are horrid. Mm-hmm. Do those work on Geonosians? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Even though they have carcasses and exoskeletons and... Yes. Wow. Yeah, they are incredibly painful. Wow. And they're like, you know, going through a cave with Geonosians, you're like, oh, yes, they're flying creatures, but they're bugs. So they just like zoom down from the ceiling and lift you up and drop you off something. So. Yeah, what they end up doing is firing up the flamethrowers. Only when they get to the end. Yeah, yeah, like you could have been using the the flamethrowers the entire time. Well, maybe they ran out of flamethrower fuel. I mean, you don't run out of it if you don't use it. That is a great point. Meanwhile, Anakin and Ahsoka do climb to the top of the fortress wall. So they're those doing two the Legolas to, and Gimli thing. They are. They're also doing the Citadel challenge from oh my rookies. Gosh, you're right. Yes. <gasps> And so those two climb on top of the wall. Rex is sitting there on the ground. He's like, aim for the droids. They're fighting back and forth. They're keeping track of each other's kills, like like Les and Gimli. I shot down 25. Oh, you're falling behind, Snips. And then uh, some droidicas pop out. And Rex pulls the very suave move of sneak inside its shield and headshot it. It was so cool. Because he kind managed to make his way up to through the legs. Yeah. Well, that's what Anakin did. Anakin uh, limboed underneath the next one and cut it in two. And it was then amazing. A little uh, battle droid pops up. It's like, you guys all down up there? And he's they like, They yeet catch. their backpacks <laughs> full of explosives at him. And then they force fling Rex yeah. off the wall. Like, all right, Rex, time to go. And he's like, wait, what? And then they all jump off. Rex is screaming the whole time. They land and then they catch Rex. And Rex is like, you could have just told me to jump. <laughs> oh, my baby. <laughs> so they catch up. Um, Everyone gets together. Yeah. And so this whole time, everyone's been like, hey, you, Lauren, can I please have some air support, please? He's like, this is a planet-wide invasion. Yeah. La, la, la. But he's also like, all right, let's scrape something together because these guys are really hurting. Mm -hmm. So right as Obi-Wan is sitting there and they have, they're about to overrun him, they've broken the circle and he, like levers himself up. I know, he sighs. He's like, oh, I guess I'll fire up the lightsaber. He's like, I'm gonna die with my lightsaber in my hand. But uh, he's he's already on 10% hit points, and he stands up when... Y-wings zoom in 10 feet above the ground, blow up everything. And he's like, I'm going to sit back down. Yeah. And then I'm he's like, all right, this is great. I'm back down. <laughs> so they load Kiadi Mundi and Kenobi up in a ship and fly off. And then they start repairing things because they have not finished the mission yet. They need to move in the next stage. Yeah. So now they can finally start putting the actual plan in motion, which yeah. is to destroy the shield generator, which they need to get at from the inside. Yes. So they bust through the shield. Right. So Anakin and Ahsoka sprint through the shield. And this is an incredible action sequence because they are running dead sprint. It's this long camera shot. They're sprinting mm-hmm. from right to left. They bring in the tanks. It's Yeah. Well, so they, they sprint and then they run really close. They throw some droid poppers to blow up the Mm -hmm. anti-tank guns. Then the tanks walk through the shield Mm -hmm. and shoot the shield generator. Smash all the scanners. Then they bring the the ships in and now they have a beachhead. Yes. So it's a really crazy battle. And at the end, turns out that Kiadi... Kiadi. Kiadi shellacked Anakin and Ahsoka in the kill count. Yeah, but... They, uh, Ahsoka and Anakin were keeping track of droids, which are droids. Yeah, it's a little and less fun because Kiadi was killing actual sentient beings. Genosians, but hashtag droid rights. Yeah. So, okay, we will definitely talk about that. I do want to get to the second episode in this arc, which is Weapons Factory. No gift is more precious than trust. Yes. That is one of the most on-the-nose fortune cookies that we've gotten so mm-hmm. far. So Anakin and Ahsoka are implementing the next phase of the plan, mm-hmm. and they're getting reinforcements. It's Master Luminara and her Padawan, Barris Afi. 
right before that, there's an important moment in that Ahsoka's doing the briefing and Anakin is mansplaining it. Yeah, so first thing that I noticed with Barris and Luminara is that A, they're the same species. Mm-hmm. B, Luminara is like, I trust you prepared everything that I instructed you to do. Mm-hmm. And she has this proud little mom moment when Barris is like, yep, I did everything you asked me to do. You better believe I'm ready. Yeah. This is a direct contrast to Anakin and Ahsoka's vibe. Well, in be- this episode. And when they land, they see Anakin and Ahsoka like having going a, at yeah, it. Yeah, having an argument. Because Ahsoka's briefing the clone troopers mm-hmm. on the invasion and Anakin keeps cutting her off before she can get to her next sentence mm-hmm. and saying the exact same points that she's about to make. So they are yelling at each other when Luminara glides up and she's like, at it again? We have an actual job to do. Mm-hmm. So Barris gives this little curtsy and she's like, I'm at your service. Mm-hmm. How do one learner Barris Ophi? At your service. And Anakin's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Uh, but Ahsoka, I think, feels a little alienated by that because like, she knows that her relationship with Anakin is not the way other Padawan master relationships are. Yeah, and Luminara and Barris start this kind of little dance of showing Anakin and Ahsoka up at every turn. Yes. So there's a really interesting vibe. The main point is that Luminara has a different plan than Anakin to shut down the factory. She, she rolls has a up. Plan. She is a plan. She rolls up and she told Barris to memorize all 200 intersections of the catacombs beneath the factory. So she also like shows the hologram of like, oh, and this, and here is presumably the plans that Padme stole in the last episode. But here's the 200 catacombs, and it is a spaghetti ball. It is terrifying. Yeah. You of, could not pay me love or money to get into that thing. And it's 200 intersections. And she's like, oh, yes, my Padawan has memorized them. And everyone's like, whoa, no. Nice. Absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. So her plan is for Barris and Ahsoka to sneak their way in and plant bombs on the main reactor mm-hmm. to blow the factory up from the inside out. Meanwhile, to make sure that no one watches them, they're attacking over the bridge. Yeah, they're being decoys. Yes, and that is going to be pretty scary. So we have this fascinating scene that I think really calls back to Senate Spy, because as Luminara lays this plan out, Anakin is like, no way, Ahsoka, this is too risky. You're not prepared. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound exactly like what he said to Padme and Senate Spy? A little bit. And it's also what he said at the beginning of this episode, because Ahsoka says, well, don't you trust me? And he says, well, I just want I want the job done right. And she's like, aha, you don't trust me to do the job right. Exactly. And so Anakin is really uh, faltering because he's kind of now the senior commander on the ground. At this point, because yeah. Mundi and, and uh, Kenobi were medevaced. Yeah, absolutely. Luminar is like, dude, they can handle this. It's going to be fine. She gives him this long, searching look. Mm-hmm. She knows what's up, and no one is trying to solve Anakin's issues, and they're all aware of it. I feel well. Let's let's get let's okay. get to it. So Barris and Ahsoka are making their way into the catacombs mm-hmm. as Luminar and Anakin are launching this full frontal parade style mm-hmm. attack as a diversion. Uh, we get these amazing Gregorian chants in the background. This mm. is such an exciting battle scene. Yeah, because in the background, the droid says, Lord Poggle, I beg of you to let me have the super tanks. They're impenetrable to anything that the clones have. It's a trap. So Lord Poggle lets his tactical droid deploy their super tanks. Which are these enormous monster tanks. They're like 40 feet tall. They're massive. They're bulky. And the Jedi's weaponry can't do anything to them. No, because they have like ray shields. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So as Anakin and Luminara are facing down the super tanks, we get this really like deliciously creepy scene when Ahsoka and Barriss have to crawl through the catacombs Mm -hmm. and they're crawling over these sleeping Geonosian soldiers. One of them drops his hand on Barriss's face Mm -hmm. and she is like, oh my God, Ahsoka, help. I would just die. Yeah. I would just pass away. But that one did wake up. He woke up. So they are sneaking all the way to the control room. The spy sees them, mm-hmm. races to the war room where Poggle and the tactical droid are. Mm-hmm. He reports to them. Mm-hmm. And just as Barris and Ahsoka are laying the charges on the main reactor, 
they bring a super tank in. And the tactical droid. And also Poggle's there, but Poggle's like, oh, yeah, take care of it. I'm going to go do Poggle things. Deuces. And the droid's like, yes, Lord Poggle has commanded to kill these Jedi. Take their pathetic bombs. Poggle locks them in mm-hmm. with the tank and the droid. Ahsoka does draw up the droid. Well, she she's like, watch out for your... This will take care of the tank. And she throws a sticky bomb at the tank. And the droid's like, ha ha, your pathetic bomb can't do anything. And the bomb explodes because it was right next to the droid. And he blows into a, bid- a billion pieces. It is awesome. It is hilarious. But two of the soldiers grab Ahsoka. They fly her into the air. They bang her against the reactor. Mm-hmm. And Barris has to stand over her body. To defend her. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It was the best. Yeah, and the other Genesians steal all the bombs. Now there's no bombs on the reactor. I could only drag myself away from the scene for something equally exciting, which is happening outside. So Anakin and Luminara are luring all of the super tanks onto the bridge. Meanwhile, they're like monkey bar climbing along the underside, laying the same explosive charges. So I need to, I guess, retract my previous statement that Anakin doesn't have a plan because as Rex said, all of Skywalker's plans involve falling. Yes! And he's going to make all the tanks fall. It is so cool. They're dangling over a thousand foot canyon Mm -hmm. by their arms. You can see Luminara. She's like getting tired. But then they do it, they yeet themselves up, they blow up the bridge, all the tanks fall into the canyon. And at this point, Anakin and Luminara are on the enemy side of the bridge. All the clones are on the friendly side of the bridge. And Ahsoka and Barris are inside with the tank, and mm. the bombs are about to go off. And the bombs have all been stolen, presumably yeah. disarmed. So they lightsaber, we're back with Barris and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. They lightsaber their way into the super tank. Barris is like, I don't know what to do without the bombs. And Ahsoka says, I think the only way we can blow up the reactor is if we blow ourselves up too. So they shoot the reactor with the tank. She radios Anakin and basically says goodbye. Mm-hmm. And this absolutely stunning score plays in the background the factory is leveled and Luminara falls to her knees. Mm-hmm. She is mourning. She can feel the Padawans dying. Yeah, she feels them slipping away. Mm-hmm. Anakin says, what are you doing? I know Ahsoka's going to make it out. Mm-hmm. And we cut to this scene. It's all darkness. And then Barris and Ahsoka light up their lightsabers they're trapped in the super tank under the rubble. They're running out of air. Mm-hmm. Barris is ready to give up. Yeah. And then Ahsoka is like, hang on. Master Skywalker taught me something to do with this communicator. So she grabs a power cell and she uses it to like pulse her signal mm-hmm. to Anakin. But then they're running out of air. They're like drifting off to sleep. Their eyelids are fluttering. And Barris uses the force to grab Ahsoka's hand while they're dying. Yeah. I am experiencing so many feelings right now. So Anakin had apparently ordered in like the tank lifters to move rubble and they're moving rubble. And then as soon as she starts using her radio, he dives in there and starts lifting up rocks using the force and Luminara helps. Spoiler alert. Good news. The Padawans are found. Yes. And Luminara has a final lesson for Anakin. Anakin is like, I knew they, I knew we were going to find them. I knew they were going to make it. And Luminara says, it's not that I gave up on the Padawans. Unlike you, when the time comes, I'm prepared to let my student go. Mm-hmm. Whoo. Yeah. So then we close on this scene of destruction. And I'm like, my babies did that. Yeah. They did that. So. And that's the episode. And so now the Geonosians are mostly out of the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like it. So, very, very fun stuff. What do you want to talk about in this episode? I have a story for our listeners. All right. Lay it on them. This is the first Clone Wars episode that made me cry. Mm-hmm. I want to set the scene for you. It was December 2020. It's winter. Sam is making brownies in the kitchen. He's like, you know what would be fun is to watch some Clone Wars. He comes back in and I am sobbing. 
at the TV screen. <laughs> it's that moment when Barris and Ahsoka are prepared to give their lives for the greater cause. Mm-hmm. No hesitation, no mourning, no thoughts of this is unfair. I wish this wasn't my lot in life. They're just ready. Yeah. They're ready to sacrifice anything yeah. for this cause. Yeah. I just, I feel like one of those, like, tired factory workers who wipes off their little dry erase board. And I'm like, it has been zero days since I cried at the Clone Wars. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, that being said, I want to talk about how thrilling this arc is. Uh, Yeah, there is a lot of really, really thrilling action. Mm -hmm. And then, especially in the first episode, it is go, go, go. And it is emotionally straining to keep up with everything as it's going along. Yeah. So for the first episode of this arc, Landing at Point Rain, Mm -hmm. it was so chaotic. And I think part of that was a virtue of having three subplots. And part of it, I think, was to show how chaotic a war is. Mm -hmm. Because this is the first time that it feels like we're in a war. Yeah, particularly because it's a a refight of that Battle of Geonosis. And that's that's the call-out that Cody has. And we've got, like, a whole gang. I mean, we've got Cody, Rex, Waxer, Boyle, Trapper, a whole huge pile of... of clones. Yeah, really good visuals, really beautiful sound effects. Um, I love that scene in the first episode when Anakin and Ahsoka and Rex are all falling against mm-hmm. that big yellow explosion. Yeah. Just like some beautiful visuals that really make it feel not like a battle, not like a skirmish. This is a war. Yeah, and at the end of the first episode, in that long panning scene, when they're sprinting mm-hmm. along, that is what like combat with a Jedi has always meant to me. Mm. Like, if you're a clone, it's like, just get behind the Jedi and run and shoot. And the Jedi is probably going to block for you as well, because they're that good. And your job is basically to be a spare body, a spare blaster, and carry ammunition. You know, I loved that even in the second episode of this arc, when Mm -hmm. Anakin and Luminara are leading that full frontal charge as Mm -hmm. the diversion. I've never seen Anakin and Luminara, I don't think at the front lines like that and they're no. amazing to Luminar see. Luminar has a very different fighting style which is very cool. She, she does this cool thing. She kind of force grabs a bunch of droids and then gets rid of them in one swoop. Yeah, it's very efficient. It is and it's beautiful. Uh, the Padawans had some amazing fight scenes too when Ahsoka and Barris are in the reactor room mm-hmm. and the soldiers are coming at them. They do these like cool kick flips and I don't know, like the dynamics of this episode were amazing. Yeah. And then, as you said, that element of sacrifice is mm. so important because that's really what this episode seems to be about. All of them is like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get to the the goal because at, at the end of the first episode, right before the, you know, once all three Jedi get together, they're down to 40 clones, you know, out of the entire landing force. And it's pretty wild thinking about how many died just to basically deliver three Jedi to this point. I know. I think in true war movie fashion, the themes that I noticed in this arc were trust and sacrifice. Mm. Trust your battle buddies. Mm-hmm. And accept that sacrifice is an inevitable part of being in a war. Yeah, yeah, for sure. thing that I want to say about the visuals because I could talk about this all episode. Did you think that the rendering in this arc was noticeably better or was it just me? So there is an element of rendering, particularly as they're going through the catacombs underneath, that is Mm. difficult because doing multiple shades of dark is Mm -hmm. difficult to render and have look good. Um, And then all the dust and everything looked good also you know something else i noticed i made note of all of the nose art of the ships the nose art was great and i think that was 
something really important for these as well. There was a lot more attention to detail. All the clones, the different sets of clones, all had different armor. I thought all the skin tones looked really smooth, Mm -hmm. which is something that I noticed in the previous episode, Senate Spy was not there. Mm. Senate Spy felt really, like, sketchy Mm. and herky-jerky, but everything in this arc was clear and bright and smooth and complex. I thought the production value was amazing. Yeah. And I also looked it up and they hired the entire city of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra wow. for this arc. Now I feel bad because I was just like, ah, oh, yes, music. I should have, I got to go back and I was to the like, score. this is incredible. <laughs> I'm getting a free concert and I'm crying and the Clone Wars is great. This is one of those moments. The Clone Wars is great. And it, it really... Like, it was fun to see the Geonosians again, because mm-hmm. we don't see them as much later on in the series um, and in the movie. And so they're, they're just really cool. Maybe because they all got massacred by Kiadi. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? So, okay, let's talk about Kiadi Mundi. So, like I said, you know, Yularen is like, hey, good luck. And Kiadi Mundi's like, I don't believe in luck. And then he says, luck, the next thing he says... He calls for um, some air support from Yularen, and Yularen is like, I am running a planetary-wide invasion. I can't help you. But he does try to get stuff together. I feel like there's beef between Yularen and Kiadi Mundi the oh, entire episode. And I'm on Team Yularen because I have been for a long time. Yularen is great. Like, he is he's good at his job. You know, he's been, like, a, a Republic Admiral forever since, like, before this whole thing. And he's like, I work with Skywalker. It's Sam tough. is simping for Yularen. I like Yularen. Um, but that being Mundi, said, Yularen tries really hard. When Kiadi radios in, Yularen's like, I'm literally trying to invade a planet. And then he turns around and he's like, okay, scrape up everyone you can find. Send in some reinforcements. Not to mention that, like, you know, from orbit, calling for air support, you're like, I can't do it right now. I can get to you in, like... Give me like 15 minutes and we'll see what can happen. I see this ticket is urgent and I have about 15 more in front of it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I noticed, I noticed that. And that was interesting to me. The other thing moving forward in that same vein is when Anakin and Ahsoka are underneath the fortress wall and he's like, where is our support from Obi-Wan or from Kiadi? Like, when I ask for help, no one's here with help. And I think that put a fire under Yularen as well. Because he's like, oh, Skywalker's asking for help. I really need to do something. Because Skywalker never asks for help. That is neat. That's and a he's good like, observation. I need, I need a bombing run, like, at my location, please. This, Very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. This is not specifically about Kiadi, But this week on Spice Run, we're actually talking about Schmonsters mm-hmm. in Star Wars and the difference between Schmonsters and Screechers, like space creatures. <laughs> and I actually think this episode is the perfect example of what we're trying to get at. We've never seen the Jedi wantonly killing non battle droids. Except for in the previous Battle of Geonosis. But Except yeah. when they're killing Geonosians. Mm hmm. And I think it's because Star Wars is really comfortable othering aliens that don't look like humans. Yeah. I mean, they're cast as these, like, ruthless creatures instead of sentient beings. Like, imagine if we saw the Jedi zapping through a horde of Twi'leks. Yeah. Or Gungans. Like, this is a planetary invasion. These are probably civilian deaths. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty heavily armed and they're defending a droid factory but yeah it is weird to me that kiati is like celebrating his 65 kills but those weren't battle droids those were living beings Mm -hmm. yeah for sure that's that's okay so those those three points are the ones that make me think that kiati mundi is a jerk bag that's all I got to say about it. The other thing I want to talk about is how badly wounded Kiati and Ooh, yeah. Kenobi were. He so Kiati is clutching his stomach or like his liver or his spleen. Uh, it's alien, so his splanch or his you know his splanch is wounded. His vlorbal, you know, his vlorbal <laughs> is bruised. So okay, uh, Kenobi on the other hand is like I am basically dead. 
Like I am using the force to stand up. Yeah, I, I he, cannot hold down fluids. He briefs an entire squadron sitting down. Like yeah, he's the else only one on the ground. He's like, hey guys, uh, don't mind me. I'm just here. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's <laughs> he's great. like, someone hand and me an is, orange slice. He's strained too. Yeah, like you really feel for him, and his face has got you know lines drawn on it. He's he's beat up, and like, what does it take to put Kenobi down? That was a bad crash. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, there's there's fun stuff with that. The uh, Rex is hilarious. I loved when Rex, Rex was great in this episode. I love how he's just like, ah, oh, they look like they might need help up there. I guess I'll climb up this wall with, you know, my Jedi and be like, hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, God, I have to jump off. Ah. Well, also in Weapons Factory, Rex is the one that Luminar and Anakin call in to launch the initial assault on the super tanks. They're like, yeah. Rex, a little help up here. Yeah, yeah. Rex is a big deal throughout this. Rex so. just asks for so little and gives so much you know rex learned the lesson that like i feel like not enough clones did which is the way to survive is to stick to your jedi general like freaking pants on a butt Velcro. just like right there you gotta be you gotta be right behind them a hundred percent of the time yes because that way you get to live yes rex rex is uh i i just love rex he's great He's, he's great in this episode. He's brave and he's charging in and he's just like, whatever. This is a tough one. The circling of the wagons that they have, the mm-hmm. corral, um, that's actually taken from what the uh, the Vortrekkers did in South Africa during the Dutch colonization of mm. South Africa. They'd take these wagons being hauled by oxen and they'd trek all over South Africa colonizing it. And whenever the locals would say, hey, we live here, you can't colonize us. They'd circle up and then they would park close enough that, you know, uh, bullets and arrows couldn't get through and people couldn't get through and they'd shoot out from between them. And that's what circling the wagons on like a wagon train across the American West during Indian attacks is like too. Yeah. And it's now become this phrase that we use when a community like circles the wagons to protect one of their own. Mm -hmm. It's become this perfect metaphor for when you're shielding someone that you care about. Yeah, and so you don't generally do it with tanks in the modern times because tanks have sloped armor and it's thicker in the front and it's actually normally flat armor on the sides. But the gunships and the Republic tanks have sloped armor on the sides Mm. and they've got the little doors so you can open up the door and shoot a gun out. And there's a lot of crazy scenes there of them with like eight gunships arrayed in a circle and they're getting just circled by Genosians on, you know, speeder bikes and flying around and coming every which way. It's it's scary. So I want to bring up a somewhat spicy claim, Mm -hmm. but I have the receipts to back it up. I thought Landing at Point Rain was a great Clone Wars episode Mm -hmm. because it showcases all of these difficulties inherent in an invasion like this. Yeah. But I think Weapons Factory was one of the best Clone Wars episodes we've ever seen. I am willing to agree with that. The plot of Weapons Factory took everything that was great about Landing at Point Rain Mm -hmm. and made it sleek and tight and easy to follow, and I thought the pacing was perfect when we're getting torn between these two subplots that we really care about. We're following Barriss and Ahsoka. We're back to Luminara and Anakin. I thought it was incredible, and I used to think that Clone Wars episodes were incapable of making me feel anything Mm. because they were so short, Mm -hmm. and no one ever got a chance to breathe, and the emotions never got a chance to really come to the surface. Weapons Factory changed my mind forever. Like, Traspass got me there, Mm -hmm. and then Weapons Factory took it over the edge. Yeah. Yeah, the relationship between Barriss and Ahsoka is one of i mean i think it's the first relationship between like two padawans we see it is and i think it's really important because i talked about this a little bit in the last episode about how you kind of have your same vintage padawans you guys were younglings together you know you used to spar when you were like four years old with a lightsaber and think of the friendship that that would form 
And so Barris and Ahsoka are Padawans together. And that is a really thrilling thing because they are tasked with doing the impossible by their you know, Jedi masters. They are asked to do so much. Mm-hmm. The entire assault hinges on them, which I think is a testament to the fortune cookie. Luminara mm-hmm. trusts her Padawan to do this and Anakin trusts his Padawan to survive. Yeah, and so, like, which one of those is the correct task, right? Mm. So, in a way, Anakin is training a Jedi, and Luminara is training a warrior. Yeah, okay, so a million years ago, Sam, Mm -hmm. we talked about why Anakin and Ahsoka were matched up. Yeah. Because they're so similar. During during the Clone Wars movie when they are matched up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why would you not give Ahsoka to someone like Luminara, who could temper her... Mm-hmm. And be the water to her fire. Mm-hmm. But we see in this episode, Anakin is training Ahsoka to be like him. Yeah. And Luminara is training Barris to be just like her. Yeah. So it makes Barris and Ahsoka this perfect team. Yes, because, you know, Ahsoka would have a really hard time probably memorizing 200 different passageways. You know, she'd, she'd carve through it. But yeah. when it came time to be like, okay, we need to now improvise. She's like, I'm an improviser. Yeah, Barris was so phenomenal at all of the preparation, the thoroughness, the intricacy of the plan. But when it came to crunch time, she wasn't flexible enough mm-hmm. to improvise. She was like, I don't know how to blow up this reactor without the bombs. Yeah. And then Ahsoka maybe couldn't memorize 200 junctions because mm-hmm. like, who could? Yeah. But when it came down to surviving, she was like, my Jedi master taught me how to be scrappy and how to make it work and how to get both of us out of here in one piece. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they're a little lopsided on their own, but they came together and they were this amazing team. Yeah. But Ahsoka, by being trained to survive, I think is being trained to be a Jedi. Because mm. more than anything else, like getting out of there alive is pretty important so that you can and like knowing when to sacrifice yourself, placing an emphasis on your life in the force and your light in the force. Whereas Barris was trained to follow orders and die gracefully like a soldier. And I think that's an interesting dichotomy because mm. we think of Anakin as this like warrior training warrior. Yeah, absolutely. But as I've said before, many times Anakin lives extremely true to being a Jedi because he's living in like in the embodiment of the force as far as trusting it and trusting things to move forward. I think you're right. But I do think that Anakin took on some of Barriss's aspects in the final crunch time mm-hmm. because Ahsoka is just as willing as Barriss to die for yeah. the cause. Yeah, yeah. And if she had taken on the learning from Anakin that you need to get out and stay alive at all costs, they might not have blown up the reactor and the invasion might have failed. That's true. Although Ahsoka has always been willing to sacrifice herself. Mm. Ever since we first meet her, you know, she has always faced calamity with dignity. You know, that first that fight against the Magna droids when she's got a hut in a backpack. Oh in, my uh, God. In the Clone Wars movie. She was willing to give it all. Yeah. And it was a tough fight, but she made it happen. I didn't know being a Padawan would be this tough. Yeah. And that's, that's her jam. Like she, she goes out at full bore, but she, and she's willing to sacrifice. Anakin is not. And that's what Luminara calls him out on. Luminara is a really good teacher in this episode for Anakin. She really is. Mm-hmm. And I like that we have this dissonance about whether or not she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Because at the beginning of the episode, it feels like we're supposed to be rooting for Luminara. We're like, Luminara knows what's up. She's got a plan. She trusts the Padawans. Mm-hmm. Luminara is flawless. And at the end, she might have given up on the Padawans. Yeah. And it was Anakin's like legendary perseverance mm-hmm. and attachment that led him to keep looking. Yeah. Also, one of the things um, in Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Mushashi, he has the chapter on timing. Hmm. Now, timing is everything you need to know, everything about timing, and that the timing between two opponents is all that really matters. Hmm. And I think that that's critical for Anakin's style of fighting as well. He is... He tries to 
catch people off guard by attacking when they're not ready, fainting when they're not ready, and being there before people are ready. Hmm. And in this case, he's like, if they're alive, we have time to rescue them. You know, and I feel like Luminara may have actually given into despair at that moment, but Anakin is incapable of falling into despair. Mm. So, yeah. I think that is a beautiful part of his personality to celebrate like i know we are so hard on anakin about Mm -hmm. his attachment issues but when it comes to him saving the padawans i'm like that is the reaction that i would hope for in a leader i hope you would go to the ends of the earth to save people if you can and he's done this before in the blue shadow arc he goes and Hangs out with Jabo and attacks a ginormous sentient plant with he, a like, shovel. Unravels a generational curse. Yeah. To save his Padawan and his wife. Yeah. Like he is incredibly loyal to the point of going, of doing the impossible. And that is what people like. That is why at, in the previous episode and in this episode, it's like, all right, apply it fling Anakin at the problem and put a little bit of pressure on. I wonder if Luminara set up the plan such that Anakin would push harder to rescue Ahsoka Mm. and perhaps turn it into an object lesson of like, hey, you need to be willing to let your Padawan make a suicide mission. Fascinating. You think she masterminded the whole thing to reveal to him his flaw? Possibly because we talked about this a little bit in the previous episode. I've been reading the High Republic books, which are very good. Mm-hmm. And what appears to be a thing is that when you are a Jedi and you are carrying on in an un-Jedi way, when you are not following the Jedi code, when you are doing things which weaken you as a Jedi, it is expected of you by your peers to correct that yourself and to ask for help. Mm. And to be like, hey, I'm making mistakes. I'm I'm disjointed from the force. I need to like, and here's how. And you need to confess what you're up to to others, and then like choose someone and work with them, and like come up with a plan to move forward. So like nobody's gonna drag you in front of the Jedi Council and make you confess your sins. They're no. waiting for you to come to that realization yourself. Yeah. And maybe Luminar is trying to help Anakin on his journey. Yeah, because she's really on the nose with her advice. She really is. It's it's all about that long searching look that she gave him when he was like, I don't agree that the Padawan should be doing this. It's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's like she sensed the fault lines yeah. in him. And she was like, I'm going to put pressure here. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've seen Luminara before in the Newt Gunray captured Mm -hmm. arc. She was just as spot on with her advice. She really was, because that was Luminara and Ahsoka working together. Mm -hmm. And Luminara was almost doing the opposite of she's like, you know, a Padawan's job is to be like, you know, following on with these things and their combat skills and their bravery and their loyalty are not necessarily what I need. I just need them to follow orders. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like she learned something from that. Now she's working with Barris because putting Barris and Ahsoka together is a really good way to teach Barris mm. how to be improvisational as well. I think Ahsoka and Barris both learned from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think Luminara had learned from Ahsoka. I'm not sure yes. that Anakin learned anything in this episode. Yeah, well... Yeah. But they were victorious, so it's fine. (laughs) He didn't get wounded, and he's like, oh, gosh, I'm in charge now. I'm the only person who didn't get just, like, murderated. So it's a tough fight. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. And so now Geonosis has been shattered, recaptured. Fewer fewer droids in the future, hopefully. So Yeah, well, we're going to end up their next arc, too. So I guess we're going to see what's up with the uh, brain zombies. Yeah, which is the next two episodes. But before that... But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more, because guess what? It's Baywatch time. It's time for Baywatch. Baywatch. It's time for Baywatch. Baywatch. It's time for Baywatch. Who's your bae, Sam? Why do I always have to go first? I'm going to say Anakin. Anakin, because he, in the first arc, he does all the right things. 
right? He, he like crashes, but then he's like, okay, I get it. Yes, it's just, just another obstacle to surmount. I know, Snips, that you said that there's a fortress here. I am aware. And she's like, but why? And he's like, yes, I know, but now we have to deal with it. And he <laughs> deals with it. And he has fun, and he's trained Ahsoka so well that he's like, all right, Rex, time for a ride. And Ahsoka helps him yeet him into the air and Rex is like, what is going on? <laughs> and then in the second arc, he doesn't give up and has that timing. And I think that Luminara's giving up was an incredible, like the physical act of being like, this is, you know, I'm going to meditate and carry my Padawan's life force into the cosmic force is a move. But Anakin's like, yo, we have like, heavy lifters we can resolve this problem we have the force i'm not even tired yet i've only been fighting for nine hours like (laughs) whatever and i think that that is you know as we talked about that anakin is training ahsoka to be a really good jedi Mm. and i think that it's a weakness of the jedi that they don't accept anakin in moments like this i have been thinking recently that if the Jedi code was less stringent, if it had more room for flexibility, mm-hmm. for Jedi to just be people, yeah. if they accepted Anakin for what he wanted, mm-hmm. which was to love Padme and to have attachments and still be a Jedi, I think the Jedi Order would have survived. Mm. And yeah. I think Anakin might have had a different path. That all said, I think that the attachments open you up significantly to the dark side of the force. They do. Every time we see Ahsoka captured, Anakin sides with her. He saves her. He goes after her. And callous people are able to manipulate him into doing what they want. Now, he is usually victorious because... He's a tactical genius and he's a great Jedi. Yeah. But yeah, there is a light side and a dark side, literally, mm-hmm. to his attachments. And I am with you. I celebrate them in this episode, even as we often talk about why they are his downfall. Yeah. So I'm sticking with Anakin. It's Dadakin. It is the worst kind of Dadakin, that interrupting thing. But I was giving him a pass on that because when we watch it in this order, he had also just been like, so Kiati Mundi is a scary dude. He is on the council. He's a big, he's a crazy fighter. And then Kenobi, my bro, my man. And these two dudes just got housed by this fight. And so I need this to be like on the nose because I'm in charge now and I don't, and I'm just a Jedi Knight. He's not a Jedi master. He had stressed out dad energy, like on a road trip, like, oh my God, we got to get going. And then he's like, no, we are making it to Disneyland. I am pulling you out of the freaking (laughs) alligator pit myself. That is, that is the energy that Anakin brought to this episode. So... I can really relate to this. <laughs> this is exactly what my dad would do. I'm crying from laughing so hard. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Who's your babe? I'm awarding the first ever double Baywatch. You can't do that. It's Ferris and Ahsoka. Team Padawan? Team Padawan. If I had to pick one, because mm-hmm. I see you giving me that look, it's Barris. Interesting. All right. And I I recognize all of the arguments why that is wrong, and I think it could easily be Ahsoka. I think out of the two, Barris was doing a really good job as a Padawan as well. She's showing a different side of being a Padawan. Yeah, I think Barris showed up as herself, mm-hmm. and she is courageous and loving and compassionate. And she's all of the things that you would want in a Jedi, too. Mm-hmm. I love that scene when she's carving her way into the catacombs and Ahsoka's ready to go forward. And Barris is like, no, let me go first. Like, from the beginning, for this Padawan she barely knows, she's willing to go first mm-hmm. to be the first one into the trap if there's a trap or into the soldiers if there's soldiers she is the one who stands over ahsoka when ahsoka's knocked out yeah she defends ahsoka with her own body she gets an honest tank kill which is better than anyone else she does she yeets her way into the super tank she's Mm -hmm. the one 
who got the vehicle that enabled the Padawan survival. And in their last moments, she doesn't weep. She doesn't curse. She grabs Ahsoka's hand so that Ahsoka won't be alone. Oh, yeah. Passing into the void. Yeah. And I could cry thinking about it. Like, I cry watching it. I cry thinking about it. I think women being there for each other is so much more powerful than we ever think. Yeah. And you see it in action and you're like, I was starving for something like this. Yeah, for sure. I love to see it. So if it can't be Team Padawan, because I don't think they could have done it without each other, then it's Team Barris. Yeah. Well, Ahsoka is always uh, like a top two supporting. Yeah, she deserved it too. I think that's it for the second invasion of Geonosis. Yeah, so now we get to deal with season two, episode seven and eight, which is the brain slug arc. Ugh, more plagues. Ugh, more body horror. Yeah. This is not my thing. It's a thing. Some quality time with some of your favorite people here, so. Well, we get a week before that, so I will (laughs) spend that time girding my loins. Yeah, and then we've also got a new episode of... Spice Run coming out. Spice Run. Spice Run. It's about sentience. Yeah. And there's apparently filming has finished for Andor and for Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett is coming out on December 29th and we are so excited. Yeah, because that's two months away. So I get to watch that on a dozen until I say so. This is so lame. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it depends on what the spoilers are. Maybe I get to watch it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, please make sure that you follow us on social media. If you Mm -hmm. want more Skywalker, you can also become one of our patrons on Patreon. And we are producing a lot of bonus content for Mm y'all, which is super fun and rewarding for us. And if you've got any questions, if we picked the wrong bay, (laughs) send us a holocron at growingupskywalker at gmail.com. And make sure to send us to your your Star Wars fan friend who is, you know, learning how to do it from their their Jedi Master and has memorized 200 passageways of Star Wars and they just want one little uh, little new one. They need to learn how to have a little more fun. Yeah. With us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye.